0: Six Forty Toronto presents Think Tank. Two guests, Toronto's top stories. Now, let's meet the guests. All right, we're gonna break some bread here on Think Tank. We got uh, our guests. Uh, let's let's start, ladies first. We sometimes do that. Tasha Carradine, author, uh, host. Columnist. She does it all. And and today uh, we we're hoping to see her, but she's also playing uh mom. Most important job ever. Mom, <laughs> Thank Tasha. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yes, it is. Thank you so much. Great to be here, Greg.
0: It's great to have you. And uh Muhammad Faki's in studio with us. Our first chance to uh to get him in. Thanks very much. You're starting off. You're dressed to the nines. You look amazing. <laughs> And I was really excited, but then you told me, well, I got eight other things today. This just isn't for you, Greg, but I can take it. I can take the I can take the I can take the heat sometimes, Mohammed, as you can as well.
2: Oh, I, I it was for you, but I didn't want you <laughs> to feel bad. And thank yeah, you for saying. Yeah, you were going t-shirt it. and
0: jeans if you yeah. weren't on the show. I thank really you. appreciate that. Thank
2: you for saying I look good. I usually say I have a face for the radio, and that's why I'm here, I guess.
0: Well, we all, we all. Someone told all of us that at some point in time, if we stayed on the radio, it's, <laughs> I, it's uh, it, it,
2: it it works that way, Muhammad All right, Tasha. Let's, Tasha, I hope you're well, and I hope your daughter is very well.
1: Thank you so much, Mohammed. Great to be here with you, too.
2: Same. <laughs> All right. Let's start with
0: building. I, I actually we had a Alejandro Bravo, Toronto City Councilor, on a little bit earlier in the show. Um, I think there was a genuine excitement. Now, there's excitement with announcements and then it comes the hard work. Usually it's will this happen and where are we getting the money? But the city of Toronto is planning to take the public route to build homes. And that means public money to build homes. That gets people a little tense. Let's hear from the mayor, Olivia Chow, and what she said yesterday about the plan.
1: Because in the past, affordability had been defined by market, 80% of market, and that's not very affordable. Instead, we're going to be people-focused rather than market-focused. It'll be based on the person's income. A third of the person's income is how we define affordability.
0: Okay, that's Olivia Chow, Tasha. Let's start with you. I know how this is going to come across to some. I know some people think this sounds like socialism, but I'm willing to give the city a little bit of a pass here because we, we've tried a bunch of stuff before. We left it in the hands of private developers. So I just feel like municipalities, especially Toronto, Tasha, need to throw everything against the wall. But do you, when you hear the details, read the details of this plan, does anything concern you?
1: Oh, yeah, it does, because the city's track record concerns me. That's the Mm -hmm. biggest problem. I mean, right now we have 34 Toronto community housing complexes in critical disrepair. That's just this year. Um, You know, we have Toronto City Housing and public housing that's been built has been over the years many times cited for not keeping up properties, not maintaining things properly. Now they're going to build. It's one thing to build things, but once they're there, you have to keep them up. And I'm very concerned about this plan of just, you know, creating housing. And then it's, you know, what is going to happen to it? I think there are other creative solutions the city is not looking at. Um, there's this obsession with building new, build, build, build. Why not encourage people to convert their homes to rental or part rental? Offer, you know, we offer people retrofit subsidies for things to save energy and that sort of thing. Why not say, okay, there's a lot of per- a lot of housing in the city that could be converted, places, basements, first floors, whatever, of existing homes to convert. We know but now you're allowed mm-hmm. to do that. Those are the kinds of creative things no one's talking about. Instead, it's, okay, let's throw up buildings. But I'm really skeptical that they will find the money to do it, first of all, and that these things will be properly taken care of.
0: Muhammad, everybody's had a landlord. Everybody's rented at one point in time, and you're like, oh, boy, I've got to call the landlord again because a pipe burst or the lawn <laughs> hasn't been cut in ages. That's one thing. But people, as you know, in municipalities, they're like, I want my garbage picked up on time. I want that crack in the pavement repaired. I want the you know, I want a playground to be safe for my kids. This gets into dangerous territory, doesn't it? To some extent, with a city being a person's landlord or a family's landlord.
2: Well, yes, uh, I'm, I'm I'm comfortable to use public money to build houses in, in the middle of a crisis like this. We really need to use like you started where you started. And I do agree as well with Tasha on the other side. Uh, we should hold them accountable regardless yeah. of the quality of the of the work they did. We should have hold them, held them accountable even before the crisis got to this point. But this is a crisis that's been building up over many, many, many years. And I'm assuming and it should happen that private sector will build a majority of this, but I am still comfortable we have done that. It's not unusual historically to touch taxes money to build housing. Mm. And it's not only in Canada, I have a checked couple other countries and places, they do sometimes get to touch and use public housing developer and taxes money to uh, resolve an issue that this size at this time. Now, we have to do it, and we have to do it fast, so whatever it now is. Now, ask you
0: both, but let me start with you and then come to Tasha on it. I can hear the voices of the rest of Ontario and Canada already, potentially. We're going to pay tens of billions of dollars. We're taxed already to the, to the guts, and we're going to pay for housing in Canada's biggest city. That's often the argument with mm. the federal government of the province funding Toronto, Muhammad, How would you respond to that?
2: Well, I mean, as well, the biggest taxes come from the biggest cities as well. Uh, and uh, there is a big problem, and the bigger problem is going to overflow if we don't do anything uh, to resolve it, and usually not resolving an issue is not a solution, and mm. uh, if Tasha or or there are solutions that I'm not aware of that will get us to build houses and tackle this crisis in the speed that it's needed, uh, of course it's good to put a proper study on it, And that goes in the detail. Uh, I'm not assuming here that we're gonna allow public developer to build bad quality houses or use the money in the wrong way and not really build it the speed that or the cost on the cost that we should we we supposed to have it built. I'm so we should hold them accountable anyway, with or without the crisis. But I am very comfortable to use that tax money and move ahead. And we'll have answers to everyone. Otherwise, it's gonna overflow and continue growing by the year if we don't start really putting a dent to it.
0: Tasha, there's going to be two complaints, aren't there? There's going to be complaints from other mayors, Ottawa, Hamilton, London, going, what about us? We need housing too. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, the Ontario taxpayer or a taxpayer in Regina, Saskatchewan going, I'm sorry, you're building what, where? That has nothing to do with me.
1: Well, there's that for sure. All the hands will start coming out everywhere. You're right. Uh, Mohammed is also right, though, that we're in a crisis and something needs to be done. So like I said, there should be some examination of what solutions can be found also that he affected immediately because building, a, you know, building housing takes time. And we've seen projects paused all over the place because, you know, Olivia Chow might like to ignore the market, but the market is real. Interest rates are real. They are high. Building labor costs have gone up. up um, materials costs have gone up. I fear the city is going to lowball this and say, yeah, we need this much money for it. And all of a sudden, boom, uh, the budget's going to grow because they haven't taken these things into account. And all of a sudden, who's going to be on the hook for that? And so there are lots of problems here. I think that, you know, after the war, it's true that we had did an emergency situation after World War II. there was housing built for people coming back from the war veterans, Mm -hmm. this kind of thing. We've done this before. It's true. But I think we also have to look at other issues that are feeding the housing crisis, including hate to say it, but immigration, you know, as the daughter of immigrants, I don't like saying take fewer people, but we have to have a balance in terms of the number of people who come in and our ability to house them or we're not doing them any favors no, either. We're, we're not giving them a fighting they have nowhere to shot.
0: live. Yeah. We're we're Absolutely not giving them a fighting not. shot to have somewhere to live and, and to have um an opportunity. Yeah, Muhammad you want to weigh it go ahead. Yeah, we can finish this up. Go ahead. Uh,
2: yeah, I agree. I I agree with a lot of what what just said by atasha for sure. Uh, I own, uh, besides selling shawarma, I own a roofing company and a landscaping company. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like I do that and I feed them shawarma too while they're working. Yeah, it's it's not mandatory, but but it's an option. I got you. It's a a good good option. option. I got it. (laughs) But uh, we need need as well those immigrants to come build those homes. (laughs) So we have to be careful and have a balance. And I definitely agree that we want them to come enjoy the... Canadian dream, not have them on Peter Street sleeping for four weeks. Yes, no, that's no good. Sure. I agree, Tasha, with you. But as well, having the immigrant coming here, we need them. Do, we, you, do you have enough staff right now? Uh, we, we never have enough staff. We actually uh, turned
0: down work. <laughs> what is that? How, how's up? So you, you need workers, you can't uh, find them. We would love
2: to hire them. Why don't people they stay? And- Oh, because they, it's just hard work. It's hard work, and sure And they try to look for other uh, different way of building their life better, which is I'm all support on that. I've worked at Tim Horton. I've worked at uh, Coffee Time Yeah. Uh, late nights and today I own a company. And I want them to do that, I want that for them. I don't. I want them to celebrate the Canadian dream and hire people in our country right here. And we mm-hmm. need them now, we need them, in the uh, skill workers are needed now. So we have to find a balance. And what I'm feeling here, it's all about, and I agree with Tasha about how what? public money developer using the money properly, we should hold them accountable. And how our mm. ministry are bringing people as immigrants, we should hold them accountable. And if we do it right and measure properly and bring them the right way it wouldn't be a problem immigration is the best thing happened to our country we want to continue doing it that way and make sure that people see it
0: yeah and make sure people have a a fighting chance let's move to this i I think a difficult story got more difficult to uh believe and talk about yesterday a really upsetting story a a 34 year old security guard at uh, the pickering casino was shot dead police believe a 17 year old killed him they released uh details about the suspect yesterday here's detective sergeant from the durham regional police force brad corner talking about the suspect nosworthy smith is described as male black five foot eight 110 pounds and has a tattoo on his left elbow with the word Chantel. It's very specific, uh, uh, Tasha, um, but it it, but some some hesitate because the alleged shooter is a teenager. But I I don't know how we can do it. I, I yeah, for a shoplifting scenario for something else. But this is a believed murder. I I think the public needs to know as much, especially if he's out on the loose, and especially if he's hoping, if the police are hoping the public can help out here. I don't know why we hesitate to have these conversations about releasing as many details as possible about a murderer.
1: Well, yeah, it's you know the Young Offenders Act has provisions for not naming juvenile offenders, but in this case, yes, I, I if he's armed and dangerous, the public needs to be protected. And it seems that he wasn't the only one who was armed and dangerous when they broke in or came into that casino. There was a group of men, a young man, uh, youths, whatever you want to call them, who were there with with weapons, and a 34 year old man lost his life. I mean, this is just you know, we don't want any more people to be in that situation. So uh, the whole thing is awful. I totally Mm -hmm. agree. I don't know his kids background. But at the end of the day, uh, we have to be safe. And he's to face justice for what he's accused of doing here.
0: Muhammad, there's a second-degree second, uh, second degree murder charge. She's on a Canada-wide warrant. Um, the security guard leaves a wife behind. Uh, I, I don't think we can hesitate in uh, alerting the public, A, for their own safety, and, and B, trying to get justice for this person here, regardless of age or what the person looks like. I, do, How do you see it?
2: Well, I mean, every murder is a tragedy, is a life lost. So it's very, very sad, honestly. We have a justice system that all of us must have confidence in. And, of course, I mean people need to know and people need to protect themselves from that but of course we all need to have more faith in our justice system and because otherwise things will fall apart very fast but every single crime must lead to consequences especially when someone is killed like this and look uh, whatever it takes I trust our uh, justice system and And even our police department, in a lot of cases, I do trust how they act on things. And we need to really get people to believe more and more in our justice system because otherwise without that, Really, things will go sideways.
0: (laughs) And Tasha, even this happening yesterday, I think uh, it gives a little uh, people a little more confidence about it. I'll say this. Obviously, there's a lot of political rhetoric about catch and release bail. We're not giving stiff enough Mm -hmm. sentences for major, major crimes. Of course, for minor crimes, we want to get people rehabilitated, give them second chances. I think we draw the line at something like this. We, We need to get this guy and we need him not to be on the streets and a threat to other people.
1: Well, yes, and uh, Muhammad's right. You know when the when faith in, in the justice system erodes, people do all sorts of bad things, and people don't feel safe. And I, I think that all the things you've mentioned, it's been a very bad year. We've seen a lot of murders. We've seen violence in schools too. You know, as a parent, that that is terrifying to me. I think there's been two kids who have either been stabbed or shot. One I think was stabbed in. Toronto District School Board schools. It's been the most violent year on record. So the fact this is a young person, to me, uh, it's a pattern that's happening among young people. There's an uptick in violence, and it. We have to send a message. It's not acceptable, and that justice will be will be brought. So I I agree. I think that I don't have a problem with naming this individual. It's very unfortunate, but. Safety and justice have to come first.
0: All right, let's go. Uh, We got Think Tank going on. Mohammed Faki's in studio with us. That voice is Tasha Carradine. You're listening on 640 Toronto on Toronto Today. Let's get to Saturday. It's Remembrance Day um, to honor uh, the brave women and men that have fought for Canada or served for Canada. It's Armistice Day in the UK, and there are concerns there. We've had Saturday demonstrations, and we've talked, uh, Mohammed, you and I have talked about them. Tasha and I have talked about them. I want you to hear UK commentator Douglas Murray. They're concerned. About potential clashes. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has said it'd be disrespectful to march, to have either what's described as a pro-Palestinian march in the city of London, at the same time we're honouring war veterans. Here's Douglas Murray's perspective.
3: As for the actual marches, look, um, I'm afraid that the rules on this are very, very clear. Um, You are not allowed to glorify terror or call for terror on the streets of Britain. And that existed before the 2006 Terrorism Act banned glorification, and it certainly exists now. But if you stand on the streets of London calling for jihad, you are calling for terror. And that is actually a place where free speech is at its limit and is no longer permissible. It's the same with, for instance, calls for intifada on the London tubes. Remember, we had a touch of intifada on the London tubes a few years ago. So again, calling for intifada. Is something that you're not but allowed what to about, do in the UK. Okay, you're not but this, to call let me ask you murder. this. You're not allowed, you're not allowed to, let me finish one other case. Mm. You're not allowed uh, to stand on the streets of London and call for the murder of Jews or any other minority. No. And yet people have been getting away with this No. Saturday but these, but after these are, and, right. and, and, and are the
0: police arresting people? No. Right. No, they're not. The police no. last week said, we're outnumbered. Muhammad stresses uh, it stresses everybody out. These are such difficult topics, confusing, complicated topics to talk about. When you hear that, are, what are your thoughts? Are you worried about what could happen here in Toronto? Are you worried about what could happen in Ottawa? Is it disrespectful to do this on Remembrance Day?
2: Well, look, I agree protests should be respectful. That's point to blank, right? Of others, particularly a sacred day that it's meant to honor those who have fought to defend our democracy in conflict of the past. Our veterans deserve our respect and thanks. And I am a partner of a lot of veterans mm-hmm. association and foundation and food banks and everything. They fought for, their, for our country and for the values that Canada stands for. And for me, those values include the right to peaceful protest. The bottom line, what I've heard so far, and after you sent me that question last night, mm-hmm. I texted couple people that I know that they go to protest and i said why are we Why are you protesting on saturday why don't we keep it respectful and if you want to protest another day and just saturday it's our day it's our veterans day and what i heard so far the two biggest protests that usually we're seeing are not protesting Saturday instead of Sunday. And that doesn't mean another smaller group or something.
0: They're going to go on Sunday instead of Sunday. Yeah, that's I what understand. I heard understand. so far.
2: I don't know. I can't guarantee. that. no, I don't no but you're sharing great stuff with us. So yeah, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, no. But I went to uh, social media, their social media, and it seemed like they're calling uh, for Sunday most of all. So, you know, look, uh, the tragedy of war and consequences and what's happening for everyone in Israel side and Gaza side, killing of civilian people wants to protest. That's their right, has to, and has to be respectful, and cannot, it's okay, we get each other uncomfortable sometimes, maybe that's part of our coexisting together, and coexist together, but cannot cross or come close to the hate limit, it cannot. I'm someone that me and my family were subjected to hate for four years. I fought a court of four years that people like, really came after me for hate, and I won that court. I will never ever, accept anyone regardless who they are what they're defending to really cross that line and show or showcase any type of hate
0: understood tasha where do you stand on it people and people in london i should point out they're 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 worried about war memorials they're worried about the cenotaph they're worried about you know just basically the you know really blurred lines here how do you view this
1: i think that it's a day for veterans and it's a day to honor people and people need to respect that that is you know they get one day one day a year when people come out there's it's a solemn day it's it's not you know it's not a day of 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 celebration it's a day of remembrance atonement thought reflection in fact i think that is a good place for everyone right now to cool the temperature on things and to reflect on wars that have come before and the sacrifices made and honor those people as mohammed said it's it's a day to honor those who have fought for us before um, and the protests, unfortunately, many of them have been hateful, um, you know, going after businesses and other people and individuals. I mean, we've seen a lot of expressions of hate, some of it here in Toronto, and it is very upsetting and It should not be happening. It is actually criminal. It is. I mean, you know, the laws might be slightly different here. And I don't know what they fully are in the UK in terms of hate speech, but you you can't incite hatred. You cannot incite violence or hatred against an identifiable group. Mm. That is the basis of our law. So people have to stick to that. And if they don't, they're violating the law and they should be prosecuted because we don't allow that on either side of any debate, frankly, um, in this country. Mm. And we've seen hatred directed against all manner of groups in the past, and we're seeing a lot of it now.
2: Mohammed? Well, uh, I agree with Tasha, cannot be hateful. And I have condemned publicly as well, any attack on any business because of their staff, because of our country, because of striking the balance. And I agree with her about something else. We all need to cool down the temperature. This idea of continuously attacking each other when we are neighbors, we love each other, we've stood shoulder to shoulder, we held hand together. The second, I'm gonna repeat, the second biggest donation when I donated to the Quebec City Mosque mm-hmm. was a Jewish family that stood mm-hmm. beside us, shoulder to shoulder. We have held together hands to show the Canadian and celebrate the Canadian mosaic. Two months from today, hopefully. We all will do that again. Let's cool that temperature. Let's respect people's right to protest without even crossing that line of hate. Leave businesses alone. Let's just make sure that everyone has that right, including if we, all of us, by coexisting, make make each other a little bit feel uncomfortable. That's part of it, but cannot touch the line of hate or having someone feeling unsafe. I agree with her on that.
0: I'm going to tell you something, and you're going to think I'm just saying this because you have a nice suit and you're a friendly guy. But you that said too, right, that too,
2: that too. <laughs>
0: and, 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 you, and you, you might sell me some shawarma after the show. But you, what you said is more descriptive than anything I've heard. I'm going to say this from the prime minister, the premier or the mayor of Toronto. Thank that you. what your exact statement just there. Because, again, we don't have to agree on everything in the process. Like, that's not what life is. Right. Tasha, uh, I'll give you the last word on this because mm-hmm. we got to wrap soon. But, yeah, I, I'm looking at this right now. And so many people in Toronto, across Canada have no influence on the conflict, nothing to do with the conflict, and there's plenty of Muslims and Jews that just want to live their lives. They don't want to be dragged into a lot of this.
1: Well, you know, our our politicians, you're right, are responsible for where our nation stands on the conflict and what we take as our position on the world stage. People have the right to voice their opinions in a peaceful manner. That is where things stand. So if people have opinions, they absolutely have the right to voice them. But they have to do it in a way that doesn't harm others. And that's as a country, is what we all as citizens, that is our responsibility. And you're right. Our politicians are the ones who wear the responsibility of acting on the world stage. And if we don't like what they do, we have the right to express our opinions about that too. But again, peacefully, respectfully, and not violently or inciting violence. Um, and you know, we have to get to that place again. That is what Canada is about. And we're losing that. We're losing that in this conversation, and we cannot afford to do that.
0: But, uh, but to wrap, I think I think it could turn it around. And what you told me, Muhammad, about the conversations you've had, pushing this to Sunday and and letting Saturday be—maybe that's the start of cooling things down and having conversations and not screaming at each other, but just discussing at a proper tone and manner with each other and, and then and then we're watching maybe maybe that that can ha- impact the leaders and the people that
2: actually make the damn
0: decisions about what's happening in the world
2: 100 i was so looking forward to meet tasha herself i would love to. Break, <laughs> i would love to break bread together with her one day i'd like a and,
1: shawarma please <laughs> uh,
2: let's do it let's break shawarma together but look the bottom line i'm having lunch today with a couple of friends from the jewish community leaders in the business because yeah. i said that a couple weeks ago because we always need to have a conversation you're right we can't impact What's happening there But we can impact It's our mosaic Of this beautiful country And we need to be able Not to scream at mm. each other But I have a different way Of seeing things Than they do I'm a humanitarian sure, For sure. me Killing any civilian It's a criminal Any civilian yeah. So for me I see it that way And I want to have yeah. Break a bread with them Today for lunch and just make sure that we are all still we can be we can talk about you, our
0: country. You let us know how that lunch goes. Oh and, we'll be, and we'll thank be great. You, thank you for this today. And Tasha, thank you so much for uh, doing what you did today. Appreciate your time.
1: Thank you.